Or you, if you disagree hey, with everyone, me, I'm like... Everyone's important. Comedians are not. <laughs> we do something that is not needed. A lot of people say, oh, like you bring happiness and we need that. Like, okay. And then like the federal budget comes along and we don't get anything. So we <laughs> logistically and statistically, we're not important. Like there's going to come a stage... Hey, in a we're couple- the product of advanced human society. I think that we're the offcuts and people like that. If, if we do our job to the highest ability, all we do is waste other people's time. Like if I do, if I make a really good video, someone's going to have their pants around their ankles on a toilet, just going, great, that's good, and send it to their mates in a group chat. I'm not doing anything <laughs> for the planet. I'm unnecessary. I'm, you know, and that's, that's wicked. If you can make money out of something that the world doesn't need, you are crushing it. You are absolutely kidding. Think of all the jobs it supports. There's going to be a Drug state. dealers. <laughs> bartenders. It's a stimulus. The bartenders, drug dealers. There's going to be a stage in about 400 years when they're going to send like a gigantic sort of like spaceship to another planet because we've completely destroyed this. <laughs> and we're not going to be on it. The worst gig of my life. Welcome to episode 20. I'm joined by... Comedian Jared Goundry, that's me, on the couch. <laughs> you came and saw the show last night, which I was really, was really stoked about. Um, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It's been, it's been a long time coming. It's my first show as well, so it's taken me... I've been doing comedy for five years. Well, that was something... Oh, so that was a lie, what you said last night about starting in 2020. I went professional in 2020. Oh, professional in 2020. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, so, turning professional... Um, as opposed to what you were doing previously, what would you say has been the difference between that, making that leap from, you know, as a pastime to professional? It's, I mean, professionals in the eye of the, uh, of the beholder, right? You know, like for, for me to become professional is different for someone else to become professional who's got a house and investment property and four kids. Naturally. Um, one of the things I had to do doing professional was to change my entire lifestyle. Really? Yeah, I had to I had to scale it right back. You know, I found something that I I loved and I thought I can work all day every day and do this at night or I can give myself more opportunity to write, more importantly rest. Mm. And you know, stay on my best sort of energy levels to to be able to unlock more potential. Yeah. Um so I st- quite early in the game, I went I started working 5 days a week. I was working as a chef. I got a cafe job that worked mornings and I went two to three days a week because I knew that then I could have more time to do it. Um, And I wasn't getting paid doing comedy at this stage, but I knew if I took that pay cut from a salary to a, you know, essentially a casual wage that I could dedicate more time to it. Yeah. So that was the first step. And those years were hard. That was, I'd get up in the morning, I'd write some jokes or, yeah. or you know what I thought were jokes at that point in time before I started work and then I'd go to a cafe I'd bust my ass out in front of a um you know hot stoves and all that sort of yeah and then I go out and do gigs I know the gig yeah then I go do gigs at night you know mm. have as many gigs as I could and um how many would you do in you know a seven day week well I'd try to look at it in minutes as opposed to spots so I wanted about 45 to an hour of minutes on stage a week. Really? Yeah. That's a lot. So I got in, uh, my mate Billy Styles and I figured out quite early in the game that if we got in a car and drove to Albury Wodonga 
That's my hometown. Other places, <laughs> they would give us twelve minutes, as opposed to really? five minutes that we could get in in the city. Wow! So we were like it's smart. Yeah, it's eight hours a round trip for twelve minutes. But <laughs> well, we we did that because then um, we were just like racking them up. And we were getting more, and we'd come back to the city. We're like, wow, this is, it takes a lot of time, but it's, it's 2.5 gigs in the city, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, and eventually we would go out to Shepparton, we'd go out to all these other places too, where they had these open mic nights. Mm. And we were like, hey, we're from Melbourne, we're comedians, can we come and do some time? And they were like, yeah, of course you can. Like, what are you, why are you even doing this? <laughs> and oh, we yeah. would just spend our money on fuel. Mm. And sausage rolls from the service station to like go and do some comedy minutes. And that was one of the best things to make that leap because if you, comedy is, they always say comedy is subjective, but comedy crowds, there's a bit of a rhythm to them and there's an, there's an algorithm within their brains about what they, it's all about being, um, you know, things that are relatable. Yeah, and that changes from demographic to demographic and oh, place yeah. to gone place. From, gone from city to country. Yeah, yeah. So if you do all your gigs in one city and one place, you will you won't be able to get exposed to it. But like traveling out and doing all these things, I look at it as like you got to get your act really sharp. Mm. And by going to these other places, it's like grabbing your act by the ankles, holding it upside down, and shaking it, <laughs> and seeing what falls out. Yeah, and then being like, wow, how do I make Everywhere I go, how can I make sure that nothing falls out? Yeah. And having it not only just kind of bulletproof for any situation, but finding what gear within your act you need to apply to a certain gig. How, what would you say is the biggest difference between, you know, a gig in Obu Wodonga and a gig in, you know, say in a city in Melbourne in terms of the jokes you need that to, hit. You need to watch them. When you're on stage, don't watch the comedian that's on. Watch the audience reacting to the comedian that's on. Yeah. And you can read them. You know, they go, oh, these two, this table here, they're talking amongst themselves and they're kind of listening. So I need to look at them a lot and I need to engage them first. I need to put out that little fire mm. and... The material doesn't exactly change, but you might just um, engage them with less or more energy. Yeah. You know, it's like a spectrum. Reading the room. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you come out and you've got people that are chatty and you just start looking at them and they get they stop. Like, you put, put your... Them on the spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you put your, your jokes at them and you just engage them. Ma'am, you know, like, ma'am, you'd know about that. Just move on with your material. And they shut up and listen because they think they're in trouble. <laughs> you know when you're at school. You know when you're at school yeah. and the teacher would make you read every paragraph, and and sometimes it was random. Now you it's never, never random. You it was never knew shits. when your paragraph was coming up, right? <laughs> so you didn't want to look like an idiot. So you read along with every paragraph. Yeah, it's the same with comedy. You give you give the parts of the room that aren't paying attention the energy. Because the ones that are, you don't, they don't, they already, they're already in. Yeah, you've already got them. <laughs> and that's, you just got to, you just got to figure them out and just listen to them and you don't get it right. You know, that's what, your material doesn't know, doesn't um, always fly, but neither do you. Yeah. Like, and sometimes true. you just make the wrong call. Like I still do it. Mm. You come out and you come out too strong and you feel them recoil and you're like, you just need to be with them. Um, and with yourself yeah and if you can change that one and a half minutes in when you realize it's not working that's good and change it and bring them back yeah because a lot of comedians don't and 
it's not an easy thing to do. You just go, I think yeah. they needed this and, and they didn't. And then that's how you walk yourself into a bomb. Especially, yeah, if you're doing 45 to an hour, how, how long were you doing 45 to an hour for, you know, per, per week? You know, how long did that go for? Because that's, that's a lot of performing and that's definitely gives you heaps of time to tighten up the routine. Like, I did that for, uh, after my first six months, I would, and once, once I realized, hey, I, I, I think I can do this, mm. I would do that probably, yeah, six months in, I'd try and find as many gigs as I could. Yeah, hell yeah. And get to that point where that's how long I've spent on stage that week. Yeah, you definitely tell. And I, I won't suck your dick much more after this, but the flow last night was, yeah, it was awesome. And doesn't surprise me to hear you went for, you know, six months doing, you know, 45 to an hour every single week performing. It's, I mean, it's, it's what you got to do. It takes... Suck dick, yeah. No, 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 no. I'll stop after this. <laughs> like, I call them civilians, people that don't do comedy. <laughs> Normies. Uh, yeah, they're just in a, this bliss of like, like, yeah, you get up and you're funny. And it's like, <laughs> nah, it is hard, hey. It's like going to the gym, like we were saying before. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Doing comp, like. Really? Out of everything, you've been in the army? Comedy's seven times harder than the army. Really? Absolutely. Because <laughs> in the army, everybody tells you what you need to do. True. No one tells you what to do in comedy. You got to do it. You got to figure it out on your on your. If you make a mistake in the army, you find out instantaneously. <laughs> if you make a mistake in comedy, you go, "Oh, that didn't." I've made a mistake, and then it takes you like seven months to figure out why. Yeah. And then by that time, you've already made heaps more mistakes. It's just this really humbling experience. Um, like where we are, a sport of failure. Well, that's what comedy is. I'll never have a shortage of people to come onto this podcast because i think stand-up comedy more so than you know live music is just prone to it's as you're saying earlier it's almost required to fail 100%. as much as possible <laughs> yeah i've had a good run at the moment and i'm still like every night i'm like okay this is the night it's going to happen and that's good <laughs> because it's humbling because it's the only one of the only art forms that's like super in the moment. It's like com you're completely. You want to play guitar in front of people? You can do that in your room for ten years before no one has to see it, right? Mm. Then you can go play someone else's song at a bar in the corner while someone's having dinner and they don't even know you're there. They just think it's background. And then you can might be able to write something of your own and play it in the corner. They still don't know because it's yeah. comedy. You do it for the first time in front of humans, and it's something you've thought of. Mm. It, like you can't it, tell someone else's the jokes. comedian and the audience is symbiotic like yeah. they don't they're not even they're not there without you and you're not there without them yeah and it's wicked <laughs> and it's super humbling all the time that's why like you know how rock stars will like eventually die from some form of like wanking injury like they because <laughs> they get too crazy because they're like they have too much success and they're like i'm gonna play this song for 20 years yeah and like people are gonna tell me it's great all the time and I need to keep getting bigger highs, right? Yeah. The comedian does a gig in front of 180 people and then, you know, writes a few notes in an Uber on a piece of paper being like, I need to change this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we're always humbled and by our own material and you do it for a couple of years and then it's, you know, then it's old and yeah. you're looking for the do next... refresh. You're looking for the next thing to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and it just keeps happening and it's, it's, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Well, it's a very natural segue. Speaking of failure, you know, as the uh, point of the show is, is to talk about the worst gigs of your life, and you know, it doesn't have to just be one. Oh, it's, I uh, wish it lay, was just lay one. It on me, spray it on me. I wish it was just one. <laughs> one I always think top twenty. Then that's fine. I think about. It's a hard one because it's not the worst gig of my life. It went okay, but 
I didn't know it was happening. I'll, I'll, I'll wind it back. So <laughs> I'm about seven months into comedy. I can kind of do it. You know, like I've got mm. every gig's going okay. You know, I'm not really crushing, but I'm not really bombing. I'm just skimming, skimming across the top. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite venues that I used to go to uh, a few years before this was a place called Yaya's. You know it? Yeah, I've been to Yaya yeah, several times. Like a nightclub yeah, slash bar. Collingwood. I almost got COVID there about um, six months ago. But, it's um, gross. to avoid it. It's a cool place. It's, you want it's, to, it's just a dingy place. It's got soul. Mm-hmm. It's got soul. Lovely. <laughs> well put. Um, now on the, on the com- comedy hubs comes up one time and uh, it has this little ad saying, uh, form, fill this form out. We're doing a gig. It's Yaya's got talent. And I'm like, winner gets 300, second place is 200, third place is 50 bucks. And I'm like, hey, Not cool. Bad. Love the place, love um, doing the comedy. I'm going to give it a crack. So I just like, hit, it, hit it, sign it out, name, what's your act, blah, 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 blah. Duh, 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 duh. Fill it out, cool. Gigs in about six weeks. Don't think about it. Um, it's, in my, it's in my calendar. And then the day comes and uh, I'm like, I'm going to just check the start time so i go on to the event that's on facebook or whatever and i click it in and it's in like the suburbs and i'm like oh like what wait what yeah like it's the the destination for them on the map is in the suburbs and i'm like that's not where yaya's is and um so i was like oh we'll go into the uh into the event and i've misread it and it's yaya's got talent but it's youth and young adults <laughs> Church group. <laughs> you think you're... Got talent. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. Holy shit. And then I've gone, venue, okay, where is it? Oh, it's at this, you know, Anglican <laughs> church. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think I've made a big mistake uh, here. has got a H in it too, doesn't it? Is I it, mean, it's... look, this is all my fault. They didn't, <laughs> there was no false advertising. It was just me completely stuffing up. <laughs> And then I was like, well, oh, I was freaking out. I was like, do I do it? Do I not do it? I need some minutes. I'm all And uh, so I end up going. I'm like, stuff it. I'm going to go. Like, <laughs> what's going to, it couldn't be that bad, you know, bunch Ooh. of adults doing a talent show. So I rock up there and um, it's at a church. Get a sausage sizzle and a passiona. Fuck yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was 250 or something. I was like, this is, this is getting better. And I look around. I'm like, there's a lot of, lot of children here. A lot of... A lot of kids. Oh no! And uh, I go up to the to the desk where the the sign up name, and they're like, uh, "I'm like, oh, I'm here for the, I'm one of the acts." Um, wouldn't you be? And like, they're like, "Isn't there like with young adults? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't they have an age limit?" I mean, and they'd be like, uh, "You're like 29." At this stage, 13. I'm in my 30s, man. <laughs> 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 like I, legally, I felt weird being there, yeah. and um, there was a lot of people doing warm ups with like hoops. And, you know, there's one thing and I said, oh, I'm here. And they're like, what's your name? And said, uh, Jay Gandry. And they're like, Jay, Jay, got you. You're on here. Enjoy. And I was like, oh, my God. You'd have a bunch of parents looking at you too, like, Dude, I don't, don't, go, out, like, don't go near that man right there. He's I come to a young adults comedy festival in his, in his 30s. Dark out like dog's balls, man. And, um, <laughs> like and Billy like, Madison when he's yeah, sitting on the there's ground. There's a decent class. amount of people there. Like, it's not many? a full church. I don't know. <laughs> like, I've been to a few churches, you know. The, it's the 100, gig 200? was in front of the organ. 
So like the Fuck backdrop yeah. was a huge organ and as I had double stairs and stuff, they'd move the podium away. Like it was, <laughs> it looked all right. Like it was a pretty good gig. And then the, the MCs come out, the two of them, which were um, probably I'd say 14 year old girls. Um, and they came out on bikes and they <laughs> did a rendition of a song that had the bells going. So they're like, la, 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 ring, ring, la, 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 ring, ring. And it was this double act. Fuck yeah. And it was dog shit. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like critical on their performance, <laughs> but you got to fucking sort that shit out. It's not good enough to MC, right? You but anyway, the audience, was, the audience was loving it because they're all Bible bashers, right? They're like, this is amazing. Half of them are their uncles and aunties because they don't wear condoms, right? So they've all got like 17 kids, right? So the whole place is packed just with like, these mad rooters and um <laughs> so they're going off and i'm fucking shitting myself man i've got like half a tin of pasito and i was sorry passiona and i'm full of like three like sausages that i've nervously Damn, ate i would have bailed and i was like i was too far in and everyone was super supportive like they took me to a green room i was in a green room with kids man like <laughs> i look so how long you been in doing comedy for oh and i was just like i i was i was in enough and it was the closest i've ever thought to quitting <laughs> i had that moment where i'm like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> this has gone really bad right Ooh. and uh kid child after child kind of went out and did various sort of like one did a song from The Sound of Music. They're doing covers of like actual so acts. It was a talent show or it was a comedy show? It was a talent show. Okay. And there wasn't makes, any other, com- there wasn't comedians. Yeah. There was just acts. Like one, someone mm. did puppet stuff. And I'm on the side being like, I'm going to crush this. It's really, <laughs> it's I'm a double-edged not- <laughs> sword though. Cause like they're all children. And there's a cash prize and it's a talent show. And it's voted by the audience who's all their parents and friends and yeah. other Bible people. And <laughs> everyone's asking me, like, how'd you hear about us? And I'm like, oh, I saw it on the internet. And um, Don't worry about it, then I went out there and, like, I can't even remember what material I had, but I'd gone in there being like, I'm going to do this stuff and it might be a bit risky because I'm at Yaya's The Nightclub. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I get to Yaya's The Anglican Church. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I better change my setup quick because, <laughs> you know, we're talking about reading the room. Yeah. I did it. Yeah, I pulled, I did it. I wasn't going to be like, no, nah, they can take my, uh, but the, you know. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, fair. And do you know what? I went out there and I did, I did five minutes of comedy. Do you know what? I reckon I killed. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Got I, some I, laughs? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I walked off and because when you do comedy, as soon as you put the mic in the stand and you walk off, you know how you've gone. Like you can talk yourself in to another result the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you put your mic in the mic stand and go, thank you very much. I've been whatever your name is. You know how you went. And that's the, the purest thing. And I put it back in there pretty <laughs> cocky. <laughs> I was like, I've, I've murdered this. <laughs> I was doing stuff like just, I, don't know, I had a joke about Pauline Hanson. I can't even remember what it is. Um, PG though, of course. <clears throat> yeah. I took, I exchanged the fucks for bloodies. That's what I do. Bloody, smart, smart. bloody Pauline Hanson. <laughs> and uh, I went there and then they were announcing the winners, you know, 300, 250 and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I'm in a chance here. And then they put the third place. They go, yeah. it was one of the kids with the sock puppet. And I'm like, geez, that's controversial. That was <laughs> stand up, that, flip the chair. This that was worse than the, when the, re- the bell routine. I was like, oh, who's judging this? This sucks. And then second place comes in 200 bucks. And then there was someone else. I go, ah. Oh, I've won it here. <laughs> I said, I'm taking it out. Here and then go. I'm like ready to get up and I'm already kind of 
figuring out what I'm going to say to like say thank you. I know. And then I get there and they're like, and the winner is blah, blah, blah. And I go on to walk out and then some fucking little kid just walks past me. It was some dude (laughs) who was doing Rubik's Cube and then like he juggled it, but he didn't solve the Rubik's Cubes. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, and he, he just had more family there. And I just was so upset. <laughs> you're fucking crushed. Because if you I had knew won... in the back of your mind that you knew deep down, you're like, even though I've done well, there's no way I can win off these kids. Yeah, I felt like how Shannon Noel would have felt in 2003 when he lost to Guy Sebastian. You know, I was like, yeah. I was like, and I had to leave, and everyone, all the children were there being like, you were so great. And I was like, yeah, I fucking know, mate. I was like, I know, man. Like, you can't do what I do. <laughs> You're all shit. <laughs> You're all poses. <laughs> Go back to your church and get fed your lies. You know, like, that's just, that's, that's, I, that's how I felt. And, um, you know, I'm sure, and I don't think I'll ever see him again because. Well, I mean, how, so how long ago was this? Oh, Why, well, I think it was 2017. That's just, well, yeah, five years ago. I mean, you know. Odds on there could be some people that were at that talent show if I, listening to this show. I can't wait if something, let's just like dream and touch wood for a second and I get somewhat famous and there's just someone watching me on the telly just like nudging their partner <laughs> now with like 12 kids because <laughs> they're following in their family cycle because that's how like abuse works, right? <laughs> And they're like, I once beat him at a talent contest. <laughs> and like, he went up there. He's good now, but oh, mate. When I, you know those people that play with AFL football stars? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I used to smash him in under 14s. It's like, you didn't do anything after that. What are you talking about? You're, you're on like a radio talk show that you're hosting and some kid will call in one day as like, hey, Jared, I fucking beat you. And I'll be like, you didn't even solve the Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit, Brendan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I nearly quit. Um, <laughs> After that? Yeah, I was going to walk out and leave, but then I decided to stay. But then I, cr- I kind of crushed it. So, uh, yeah, I left with a little spring in my step. I was like, oh, I can probably do this. Yeah. <laughs> All that matters is that they like the jokes. I'm really glad that I didn't, no one saw that. Like if, if that had got out. <laughs> You know, like when you do comedy, half of the battle is convincing people that you're doing it. And that like, you're not you, shit. Yeah, if you want to sell... Don't come to my open mics, but I am funny, but don't come to my open mics. No, don't come to them. <laughs> I'm doing them. They're on my social medias, but don't come. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't want you there. Um, and if that had been posted somewhere being like, congratulations to our winner, me in a group photo of children, <laughs> just with a big check. Like, yeah, I got it. I'm not going to waste this on Lego. <laughs> It's actually a voucher for the church canteen as well. It's not even like a cash prize. <laughs> the street value of sausages <laughs> of like 600 bucks. That's, that's, that, I mean, that's the sausages probably, are free. Yeah. That's the weirdest. I think about that way too often. I would that too, yeah, That's That is strange. Every time comedy's going okay, I'm like, geez, that was, I nearly left it then. I nearly didn't. It's like the wet, the worst thing, like some odd social interaction. You just think of it occasionally. Like that was not my best work there. Yeah. The second gig that well, I would say was the worst emotionally mm. was January 2020. I did an Outback tour and it was around the same time that the bushfires had come through. Yeah. So we were going from country town to country town and we kind of, it went for three, I think we did 17 nights in about 24 days or something. Mm. And a bunch of them in the middle were getting cancelled because the town had burnt. We literally were going to a town. Fuck. And it burned down before we got there. 
Oh, holy shit, man. Yeah, like it was that kind of vibe and it was just like stressful and not as obviously stressful for the people well, who... not for you, but yeah, like emotionally stressful. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, fuck, that's fucking damn nuts. It, damn it, we can't do our gigs in your town hall because it's, it's burnt down. Yeah. Like there wasn't anything to complain about, but we were like losing money because... We couldn't say, help, but oh, yeah, like, yeah, fuck. Can you still pay us? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not appropriate, right? So anyway, we're Deposits in, non-refundable. We're in Wangaratta, and that was a hub for firefighters to go out and fight the fires Dispatch. at the time. So the, the gig in Wangaratta, we talked to the lady and we're like, hey, we're okay if you don't want to do the gig. And she's like, no, I think it would be good to have a laugh. We've got 180 um, firefighters in for dinner. Fuck yeah. And they need, um, they'd probably they'd probably appreciate that. Now, that sounds good on paper. Thinking about it now? That that was like a lovely idea to be like, oh, let's do something nice for the community. Yeah. We get into this gig and everyone's having, like, there's just 180 plus chicken parmigianas on, a, on tables with, like, everyone's pitched in and done it. And these men, they're all blokes, have done, like, 15 16 hour shift yeah fighting a fire they're drained they sat there some people fell asleep and they all they wanted to do was sit down and have dinner yeah and talk to each other and i stood on a stage for 20 minutes and no one listened to me like not even it's a long bomb i I don't know if I bombed because no one heard it. It's like if you bomb in a forest and no one hears it, did it happen? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it fucking did. I felt it. <laughs> and I was like, hey. Like I went out and I was like. They're just in another place. They mentally. had like a thousand yard stare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking through their parmigiana. Just like, oh, I scraped 18 koalas off a floor today and I need to kind of process it. And I'm like, hey, like. Anyone been a Wagga Wagga? <laughs> and just <laughs> no one cared. It was less than a bomb. It was like another level of it was hell. Like a, it was like a ghost. <laughs> the MC came off. She'd done 15 minutes to the same thing. And as when you walk on stage, they shake your hand. And she leant into me and goes, good luck. <laughs> and I went, because I'd just seen this carnage yeah. of her personality just being sucked into a hole. Yeah. And, and you think, not me, not me, I I'm did. different. I was like, I'm going to get him. Yeah. I reckon I can get him. And I didn't. <laughs> and I got about, I was about 12 minutes in, I was sweating. <laughs> bullets. <laughs> and we bombed the, so hard that night. How many, so how many in total? There was three of us, an MC, me, break, another person. And we bombed so hard that we packed up the gear afterwards and the staff didn't talk to us. <laughs> they just ignored us. Like usually when you do a gig, they go, that was great, thanks. And they just didn't acknowledge us. Was it the same people that told you guys to come? No, it was the owner had organized it and she wasn't even there. It was just the 17 year old country waitresses just yeah. being like, what the hell was that? Like, It would make sense if it was the person that called you that didn't come and speak to you knowing that she'd made a grave error in judgment. I'd hate her <laughs> <laughs> so much. I don't even know who she is. I've got an email. <laughs> One day I'll get pissed in seven years' time and it'll just be an email from me being like, you know what you've done. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't. Who is this? Um, and because um, comedy isn't ambiance. 
Like, you can't just have someone in the corner. It's got to be the point of attention. They need to sit there and they need to listen. And, like, sometimes they sit there and listen and there's a slight distraction. That ruins the whole night. <laughs> this was just not right. Yeah. And nothing about it was right. And I went out after I got off. I walked outside into the car park and I yelled at the sky. <laughs> Like, went, in a, I, like in a movie. Yeah, I just went, what the f-? I like, yelled that at the sky. And then there was some dude goes, you're right, mate. <laughs> he wasn't a part of the gig. <laughs> a firefighter comes out and is like, oh, did you have a bad day, mate? Did you, <laughs> did you lose someone? It's like I lost more than someone. I lost a part of myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's more important than anyone else. <laughs> oh, and I think it's one of those things like the next worst gig of my life is somewhere in the near future. It's, like, it's going to happen. Right? <laughs> it's just going to. It's got to come soon. It's, it's going to happen. I did I had like a worse gig. I just came back from the Adelaide Fringe and then... Um, How was? It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You, like, you like Adelaide? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it gets a bad name, but it's a cool city. Yeah. It's got, I mean, it's got a bad name from your parents telling you it's shit yeah. from the 80s. It's a butt of a few jokes. And I do it. Because I'm a sucker, for, like just a sellout. It's an absolute... There's just swaps from state though, like in Melbourne, you do oh, Adelaide. Yeah. In Adelaide, you do Melbourne, or you could probably do Hobart. Whoever's hearing is happy, target. and that's all that I care about, right? <laughs> they don't know that I'm just a fucking joke slut. And yeah. it's fine. <laughs> and turncoat. I did one gig, and there was a there was a booking of twelve. I only had a tiny room. There was twenty people. My room held twenty people. It was sensational. I loved it. But mm. I had a booking of twelve people one night. And then six other comedians were coming to watch the show, which is, I love that. But before the show, the, ta- the, the booking of 12 was one workplace and they all got COVID. Sick. And <clears throat> Adelaide's rules are like still close contacty. So they had, they were just all out. Fuck. So the comedians were still there. Five comedians, five of my friends. <laughs> they were like, we like Jared. He's great. We'll go support his show. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this show to you. Like, I know you. <laughs> do you guys know anyone in Adelaide that you could bring? We all know how this works. Yeah, yeah. What am I going to do? So I did my show as an explanation to them. So I go, yeah. hey, guys, what I usually do is I come out and I try and build the energy like this. And I gave them the show with a director's commentary. <laughs> yeah. And it killed. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I was really – I walked – I walked off that sh- that stage that night and the comics were like, good stuff, man. <laughs> you got us. <laughs> yeah. And I, I told him about, I did one joke and I go, usually when there's women in here, I say this, this gets them off board. And then I say this and then the men are on. <laughs> so I gave him, I broke it down with it and I was really happy with myself because it was like I was in fight or flight <laughs> hard. <laughs> and, so had they been, um, they'd been to your shows quite a lot as well. They'd seen me do people. five and seven minutes, but they were like, we'll support the show and it's going to be quite full because there's this big audience in so then like when it's going well the comedians enjoy the show Hmm. as it's going along but you take that away from it and it's it loses all its magic (laughs) it's like theory i was up against a wall hard in my brain i was like what am i going to do with this if i go out there and i just recite this show to them at the end of it they will say that was great and i know they don't mean it Hmm. so I had like a, in my mind, I have like a big key chain full of all these keys I can use of like, fuck, I haven't had this situation before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I really trusted my wit with that and I, I went with it. And um, the show became me doing the show to my friends. Yeah. And how, I really wish I filmed that because 
Should have. Would have been good. Yeah, I was really happy. I walked off and I was stoked. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Like, you can, it was a different show to what I did. Sounds like a good gig in the end. It, yeah, it was great. I really <laughs> liked it. You son of a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, just comedy throws you curveballs, right? Yeah. And it's what you do with them. Because mm. no, no two gigs are ever the same. Like a gig's like a snowflake. Like it's just you do the same thing over and over again each night. Yeah. And they don't, they laugh at different spots. I think the reading the room is very important too. Yeah. And that, the, I think you got to learn to like that. Mm. And embrace that. You'll see a lot of comedians um, say, "Well, I did that last night and it killed." And it's like, "Well, it didn't right now." And that's <laughs> not—that's not anyone's fault but yours. And sometimes it's not your fault. That's just what happened. Yeah, you can and never you, explain it. Sometimes, like this is pretty much the same crowd as last time, and they liked what I said yeah. last week. Is it, this week? I don't know. It's, that's why I, could, I don't think I can fault? ever get bored of it. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think it's impossible to be bored of it because it, by nature, it can't be repetitive. Mm. And it's if, always something new. Like last night, the who, what was the name of the person um, that was laughing a lot? Um, Grant. Grant, yeah. Like With the big horn. Grant got you a few times. Yeah. <laughs> but that actually made everything funnier because we were laughing at him. Yeah. You then laughed at him and then you stopped and then we laughed at you stopping because you were laughing at Grant. I looked at my watch at one stage <laughs> yeah. and then he made him go keep going. So I was, going, I was watching my watch. I was just looking at my watch, look at him, look at my watch, look at him, which made him keep going. <laughs> yeah. And then Challenge accepted. Because I knew he was coming and Grant's one of those guys who, um, you know, has that laugh mm. and um, he comes to like shit loads of comedy shows. Fuck yeah. So, which is awesome. Mm. And um, in my mind... I'm like, I, how am I going to address Grant? You know, I don't want to get into him. Wait for him. Wait for him to announce himself. And then that was really well played. Because he's going to, the audience knows because we're all there together. Mm. So at some stage in my mind, I'd pre-planned that. I'm like, at one stage, I'm going to have to let everyone know that Grant's here. It's very smooth. And that it's okay. <laughs> so I said to, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I think I'll, I've seen some people who have other big laughs and their friends tease the person. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. He's, a, he's one of my friends. It's great. So I, I just decided, I waited till, and I said, hey, by the way, everyone, I just got to let you know, I brought my own personal foghorn. <laughs> and then it was the first laugh there. And I said, by the way, this is Grant. He goes to a bunch of comedy shows. He's a great supporter. Mm. Um, I'm go, here. Go he's Grant. here. It's going to be okay. So, you know, give him a round of applause for getting down. And now he's a part of the show. Yeah. So I brought him into the into the mix, and that was all premeditated. To so how did you know he was coming? Like, is there? A, I, just, is someone... I saw him on the list. Oh really? So did I get the door list. I'm like, oh, like, Grant's yeah. coming tonight. I'm gonna do something about that. Um, <laughs> uh, which I love. That's um, that's cool. Because without see. people like him, um... it makes it. I, I think it actually makes it a lot funner when there's someone that has a weird laugh hmm. or like they laugh at the wrong time and then people laugh at them like why are you laughing and then it just makes everything funnier you'll find and this is something i find going around um you get another genre of of pe- a lot of people that come to shows have a mental disability um there was someone in perth who i performed once and you know um wheelchair carer and like, mm. and you know, the groan where, you know, when someone has a mental disability and they kind of groan through the whole thing yeah. and they're there and they love it yeah. and they can't, ex- they can't express that in the same way that we do, mm. but they've, they go to heaps of shows, they have their own little area and that's something I really love and I like to bring those people in yeah. 
um, and have a play with them and, and, and make it feel like it's normal, you know? Like, I'm okay. not going to sit there and tease you because you have a mental disability and I'm going to punch down on you. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's the awesome part but about I, the NDIS is, like, there are actually people like now that are supporting, mm. um, like, people with mental, you know, whether it's mental health or, you know, mental disabilities, like, getting out in public and, you know, actually doing things with them. And comedy is the is the sort of beacon for the sort of um, outcast, you know? Like it's one of the art forms that if if you are, if you've got something or if you feel weird or you, if you've been a target for bullies at school, you have something to talk about, mm. okay? And I see a lot of great comedians that have, have a look or have a thing and they just crush because they go out there and they're like, hey, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Grant, um, yeah. that, that Grant guy does comedy. Oh, does he? Yeah. Really? And he, oh, yeah. uh, he did Raw and, um, and I encouraged him to do this, this joke he was, he was worried about at Raw. And I said, nah, you got to do this and we help write it together. And he walks out on stage at Raw. There's like hundred, a couple of hundred people there and some judges. And he walks on stage. He goes, he goes, right, listen up. <laughs> I'm gay and I've got a disability. So if I don't win, that's on you cunts. <laughs> And it just... Wait, I think I've seen a video of that like, yeah. on Facebook. And it just... just <laughs> it was fucking funny. Just, just, just dismantle the joint. Like it was... <laughs> and it's like, that's it, okay? <laughs> Comedy is about being like, Got this is what's happening and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> because especially in places like Melbourne, we all think we can't. Mm. And you give the audience to like, allow them to be complicit in the crime that we're all going to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's okay. You yeah. know, we're all here and make it, make it cool. And um, that's... That's what we need to do because we're not important, right? Oh. No, 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 no. Oh. You, if you disagree hey, with everyone, me, I'm like... Everyone's important. Comedians are not. <laughs> we do something that is not needed. A lot of people say, oh, like you bring happiness and we need that. Like, okay. And then like the federal budget comes along and we don't get anything. So we <laughs> logistically and statistically, we're not important. Like there's going to come a stage... Hey, we're couple- the product of advanced human society. I think that we're the offcuts and people like that. If, if we do our job to the highest ability, all we do is waste other people's time. Like if I do, if I make a really good video, someone's going to have their pants around their ankles on a toilet, just going, great, that's good, and send it to their mates in a group chat. I'm not doing anything <laughs> for the planet. I'm unnecessary. I'm, you know, and that's, that's wicked. If you can make money out of something that the world doesn't need, you are crushing it. You are absolutely kidding. Think of all the jobs it supports. There's going to be a Drug state. dealers. <laughs> bartenders. It's a stimulus. The bartenders, drug dealers. There's going to be a stage in about 400 years when they're going to send like a gigantic sort of like spaceship to another planet because we've completely destroyed this. <laughs> and we're not going to be on it. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. If you thought Jared was funny and he is funny, why don't you check him out on Instagram or Facebook or even better, go and see him live. And while I've got you, why don't you consider liking and subscribing to everything uh, Worst Gig of My Life related and tell your friends. Okay. Bye.